0: Dreams are not the safest thing to build a life on. Prologue, page one, Call Down the Hawk. Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Navita. And we're the Raven, Raven Girls. Girls. Welcome to our Raven Cycle Podcast. <laughs> well, today it's a Call Down the Hawk podcast. Well, yeah, just for today though. <laughs> yep. Where we talk about,
1: oh my god, so many dysfunctional teenagers and the
0: apocalypse? Always, yeah. Always the apocalypse. This is a special episode, and we're covering the sampler from prologue to chapter eight of Call Down the Hawk. Yeah, <laughs> and no
1: deep dive this time. Just lots of frantic yelling about all of the things.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> all righty, all right. Disclaimers: This is an analysis podcast. We will probably still be discussing the Raven, the Raven Cycle, cycle <laughs> as a cycle, so we will be spoilerific, and we are going to spoil the whole first eight chapters of Right <laughs> on the Hawk. So you probably want to have uh, read the books before listening. We'll use pronunciations from the audiobooks and page numbers are from the sampler released by Scholastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a disclaimer from me, this podcast does
1: still have a teen plus rating. There will be canon levels of all of those things that you absolutely love.
0: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> like, right.
1: you know, some cursing probably and some drinking and all of that <laughs> kind of good stuff. So some announcements, because there has actually been a lot going on with us. It's been a while since we've gotten together, and it's been a while since we've recorded an episode. So I wanted to give some podcast behind the scenes notes, kind of a state of the podcast, as it were. (laughs) And so the list. (laughs) Okay. Yes. (laughs) The listeners, you all have probably noticed that our schedule has been pretty erratic lately. Mm -hmm. And we are sorry about that. We We are sorry. Yeah. And that's (sighs) because we normally have tried to keep several weeks of episodes ahead of the release dates with recordings. But unfortunately, with the travel and personal issues of the winter and spring, we just we lost that buffer. And that's really affected our ability to be able to get an episode out. Right.
0: (laughs) It really has.
1: And when we record and then have to immediately release, if anything at all happens, we simply don't have the flexibility to bounce back.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Delays are delays at that point. So we apologize. But I also wanted to let folks know that there's been a lot of other pieces that have been moving behind the scenes. One of the things is that our podcast hosting provider has changed our fee structure. Now we're trying to decide how we're going to deal with that. So as of now, we have started a Patreon and a Ko-Fi to help defray some of our new costs. Basically, you can search for Raven Girls, all one word, just like we are on every Everything other else. social media, on Patreon and Coffee, and we'll be setting things up for folks. We don't quite have it it's literally just started. So we'll be letting you guys know what's going on with those. But that's basically going to go straight towards any new costs that we have with the podcast. Right. And another thing we'd like to do if we have enough people supporting us monthly is to launch an actual real grown up people podcast website. <laughs> yeah. So that's something that we're looking forward to I've also been editing some of the first Raven Girls episodes to be more in line with our current quality. At least I think that I've gotten better at editing. You definitely have. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. And so those are going to be posted to YouTube, actually, as a static podcast episode at the moment. Right now, we just have the teaser up. But there's still the hope that when the TV show begins, that we'll be able to do episodic video
0: reviews, possibly. That would be so fun.
1: Yeah. So any Patreon or coffee pledges beyond our normal monthly operating costs will go towards the equipment that we need to launch that when that happens. And also with YouTube, if we get 100 subscribers, we can name our channel. <laughs> <laughs> right now, it's a string of gobbledygook because that's how YouTube does it. So if you have a YouTube account, please go and subscribe and we can be Raven Girls on YouTube as well.
0: <laughs> Ooh. So exciting.
1: Yeah. Another thing that's been happening behind the scenes is a listener offered to see what it would take to do some transcripts of our episodes. So that might be something that's coming in the future to help with accessibility for folks who may not be able to listen to podcasts or have a need for written text for any reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> (laughs) And having a website would also help with that, to have a place where we can host transcripts or deep dive notes and do it in a way that's cleaner than Shannon having to post it to five or six different places across the internet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So... So that's what's been going on with us. And we realize that those aren't things we have shared with folks so much, but those are things that we are working on to, mm-hmm. to not only make the experience better for all of you listeners that are currently with us, but also to expand the audience to other folks in the future. Exactly. And we appreciate any and all help that you guys can give us to do that. Woohoo! We do have really great listeners. We do have really great listeners.
0: All right. So with all of that out of the way, let's get into the episode. Woo!
1: I wanted to quickly talk about the title, Call Down the Hawk, and that's not in our notes. But the title, Call Down the Hawk, is from a W.B. Yates poem. It's called The Hawk. It was published in The Wild Swans at Cool in 1919. And the stanza that it's from is the first stanza, Call Down the Hawk from the air. Let him be hooded or caged till the yellow eye has grown mild. For larder and spit are bare, the old cook enraged, the scullion gone wild. I will not be clapped in a hood, nor a cage, nor a light upon wrist. Now I have learnt to be proud, hovering over the wood in the broken mist or tumbling cloud. And there's another stanza, but I think the first two are the most important. Mm-hmm. We don't quite know how it's going to tie into the whole story yet, Mm -hmm. but I noticed that on page 31 of the sampler, there was the line, Ronan, the hawkish best friend, kept hooded and belled to prevent him tearing himself to shreds with his own talons. Uh. And it's very much this difference between being wild and free and being caged, and what is actually better for a hawk? Right, that's really interesting. Like yeah. I, I'd, I'd never read that poem before. Yeah. So instead of talking about new characters, because they're just quite a lot. So many. So many, but also we don't really know a ton about them. Right. It's so frantic. The pace is very, very fast. So we thought we'd actually talk about some of the new factions that come in. Mm-hmm. And
0: the first one would be the Zeds. And
1: why don't you go ahead and say what you have for
0: that? Okay. So Zeds are dreamers. Mm-hmm. They're people who can take things out of dreams, into real life mm-hmm. just like Ronan and Kavinsky and Neil. Mm-hmm. So basically one of the questions that I have which we'll get into later is like is a fundamental difference between Zed's mm-hmm. and like you know the Grey Warren or right. or even between Zed's and Kavinsky. Right. Yeah like we, we are, don't know a whole lot about them.
1: Are they their own category of Dreamer right. versus the Thief versus the Grey Warren?
0: Right. Or are they all
1: kind of is everything a Zed? Like all dreamers uh-huh. are Zed, and the Gray Warren might be one of them or not.
0: Yeah, we'll get to that in, yeah. <laughs> in a little bit. Yeah, it's such a fascinating thing. I was like, yeah,
1: <laughs> I found a couple of things. First off, Zed, noun, plural Zeds, the name of the Latin script letter Z or something Z-shaped. Colloquial, usually in the plural, sleep. I'm going to get some Zed's. Then the verb Zed, intransitive, informal, to sleep or nap. Compared to Z, you mm-hmm. know, right, catch some Z's.
0: Like, you can yeah. say,
1: I'm going to catch some Z's, or right, I'm gonna, because like
0: we say Z and, and in Europe it's z.
1: correct? Mm-hmm. But I thought it was interesting that it's used as sleep. Yeah, exactly. I also found an interesting reference to a British children's animated TV show from 1991 named Captain Z and the Z Zone.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: The children are. Dreaming. Captain Zed, on my way! Over! <laughs> Attention,
0: Captain Z. The
1: premise of the series is that the dreams of children are vulnerable to nightmares. Captain Zed is an agent of the Dream Patrol, part of the Dream Base, an organization that monitors children's dreams when they are asleep at night and makes sure that nightmares don't appear piloting a dream ship, he is assisted with his co-pilot PJ and Pet Cat Spring. I want to watch this show, oh my god! I downloaded <laughs> the first episode. <gasps> like, it's it's you probably can, not a secret, but I love kids' shirts. <laughs> you can find them on YouTube. They have not been released on DVD. I believe they're all video-ripped. Huh, so, nice. The main villains are Snort and Mutter. Respectively, the main villain and his hen are two shape-shifting monsters who want to take over the dream base and send nightmares to children's minds. Wow. So that's what I found to tie Zed into dreams and Interesting. sleep. yeah.
0: And the moderators, want to go with that? What we know so far is that they're basically dreamer hunters. Mm -hmm. They seem to believe that dreamers aren't human, and that one of them is going to bring about the end of the world through unquenchable fire. Mm -hmm. And so they go out and they basically kill any dreamers that they find. Right. The thing that I found of note
1: was on page 50 from Carmen's perspective, she knew that at some point an intergovernmental entity had been quietly formed governmental entity Mm -hmm. moderators came from all corners of the world it's such a boring name (laughs) well i mean i don't know i think that kind of fits okay i was like moderators really you couldn't come up with something
0: better but you know i yeah it seems very fitting that like they're boring? Yeah, banal. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 They're banality. It's like this whole, like, fight between humanity and magic. Right. Which we'll, again, talk about later. Right. <laughs> okay, visionaries? Okay. Visionaries are basically psychics. Mm-hmm. They have visions that help the moderators track the Zeds, And they're the ones who have had these visions of the world ending in fire caused by dream age. Right. And these visions seem to make them burn out really quickly. Mm-hmm. But we don't get a very clear idea of what exactly that means, right. whether they just stop having visions, whether they have like a breakdown, whether they just the, die. The word fragmented
1: was used. Oh. So my understanding, or at least what I got from that, was that their brains basically fry. S- yeah, fry. Mhm. From my perspective, it seems like for the most part, there's just one at a time, like Vampire Uh Slayers. (laughs) Right Into every generation a chosen is born. (laughs) And the quote was, this kid was only the most recent of them, the second visionary the moderators had worked with since Farouk Lane had started up with them.
0: Mm.
1: So it sounds like there's maybe one primary at a time that burns out and then they have to find another one. And we'll talk Mm. about that, too. And I don't think I put these in the main notes, but The Crying Club. Yes, they're so cute. Yeah.
0: I love them a lot.
1: Yeah. The Crying Club is Adam's cohort, his right. friends that he made at Harvard. Yeah,
0: basically like the group that he's kind of like taken under his wing, mm-hmm. gone out and found. Yeah. Yeah. And and I love that he does that. Yeah, yeah.
1: I also liked Adam Parrish and the Crying Club is almost the polar opposite of Adam Parrish and his band of merry men. (laughs) But he got his band of merry men. Uh Uh-huh. And the D.C. Ferry Market. Yes.
0: So the D.C. Ferry Market is basically like the black market in Mm -hmm. D.C. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a global underground
1: rotating market. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, I was thinking, like... Well, it might
1: be the one that's happening in D.C. at that time. Okay. But what she said was, it's a rotating global underground black market that traded in all sorts of prestigious illegal goods and services. Right. Okay. So it probably jumps from Paris to
0: London to uh-huh. Frankfurt to, right. you know, D.C. and mm, I love that it's called the fairy market. I probably would have called it the goblin market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you were saying? Maybe
1: I'll just put out a that maybe there will actually be fairies involved oh, I'm... <laughs> there might actually be fey magic with the dreamers who knows <laughs> <laughs> i yeah i would buy that all right so those were the new factions that we meet in the book now on to questions
0: we, we got a bunch we did <laughs> So, Jamie Lynn Leno, or at Jamieism on Twitter, says, at Raven Girls, ah! I forgot to send this earlier, but what I most want to hear on this special episode is how you feel about the parts that were in the print sampler but edited out for the digital copy or the copy edited version. What other kinds of scenes do you think were edited out? Edited out for the entire book, I mean. Also, do you think that something bad will happen to Deklo or Matthew? And what are your raw, honest feelings about it? Do you have any comments on the Lynch Brothers' fashion choices and smartphone habits? (laughs) And what do you think the barbecue scene that we got to sip it up last year means for Brandon's chances of actually moving to Cambridge? I thought he might back out after the crabs, but if you're casually chatting about barbecues, then he might not have. And do you think that the Adam point of view Maggie tweeted last year is his first point of view chapter in the book? Also, what is your expert analysis of the new information we got about dreamers? I don't think that Adam will be a visionary. Was that the term? I forget. But a lot of people seem to think he will. He's obviously going to be the reason that Ronan destroys the world. Well, to me. But what are your thoughts? Fill us in on all the analysis about new characters. I only read those parts once since they weren't about Pinch, so I need someone else to tell me what what all is going on. (laughs) Wow. I will say
1: that we probably won't be able to get to all of this. No, that's a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, and because it's not a beat-by-beat analysis, we're going to skip over a lot of stuff Not to say that I didn't go through and highlight a lot of stuff as I was reading Mm because I printed out the PDF and, of course, made notes about a lot of this stuff. But because this is a special episode, they tend to be way more informal and conversational and we're not doing a beat by beat, like line by line analysis. So some of these things possibly we'll be able to get to like online, Mm -hmm. but I have a feeling we won't be able to cover everything, but I loved the glut of questions (laughs) all at once figured we'd give them some airtime and maybe give other people things to think about. Because
0: like I was reading through that and as I was reading I was like I didn't answer half of this. (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) Did you have anything that you did have on what Jamie had to say? So like I read the print version soon after it came out and then the updated one I read like just before I started doing my notes. Right. And I didn't notice a lot of differences Mm -hmm. and that to me says that whatever edits were made were a good call Mm -hmm. because there was not a lot of stuff that I missed. Right. But I kind of felt like the final, more edited version moved at a slightly more streamlined and quick pace. Right. I would agree. I think mm-hmm. the biggest difference, and we'll probably talk more
1: about the differences between the two, because I pulled out a few things later on in our questions. The biggest difference was the first version read like Maggie writing fan fiction of her own characters. <laughs> it kind of did. You know, like it was... It was very overblown and over the top and like bigger than life and and meandered, I think, in corners that it didn't necessarily need to meander into. And I think that the final version read like Maggie putting together a fast-paced thriller, which is what she's saying that Call Down the Hawk is going uh-huh. to be
0: more like. Right. So some of the things that I did notice... The final version didn't have the big county carry on the first chapter, like mm-hmm. which that wasn't necessarily necessary. Like it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like, I admit that it didn't specifically serve a purpose, but it was a nice orienting touch. I think mm-hmm. to have it there, it still says it says scary. it in the it says it in the story, oh, but it wasn't like the big like like the mm-hmm. big headline like where you're immediately right. like oh we're in Ireland awesome right right, right. gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of exciting to, like, have that immediate, oh, tangentially, part of this story is is in Ireland. Mm -hmm. And then uh, a couple of the mentions of Carmen's boots were taken out. Okay. (laughs) And I know it's weird, but just enough of them were taken out, I feel like, to make the other ones less effective, if that makes sense. Like, the ones that were left in there kind of felt like... Why are we talking about boots? <laughs> when so
1: the <laughs> massive repetition of the element made it build on itself more and more, yes. whereas only having it twice It was just like
0: it, was it, it felt like, a little lacking to me, like gotcha. or, or just kind of like not lacking, just kind of like okay, this is an odd. Uh, maybe it's just because like I'd had those other repetitions before,
1: mm-hmm. and it was
0: more felt more of like a theme or like a running. Right. Yeah.
1: Like a character trait versus like, she's got boots on.
0: Uh huh. (laughs) And then the line, they hadn't been told it might look like a holiday cottage, but actually be a hostile planet. Like when they're going in to chase the Zeds Mm -hmm. and all the dream stuff is there. Yeah. And that line is cut in the newest version. And I thought that was a really odd line to cut. Hmm. And I feel like this line gave like a better feel for how the moderators actually view dreamers, view Zeds. Okay. And I feel like it was a good callback to the barns. Mm. Yeah, which probably come to think of it would have tried to protect Ronan in the same way that the stuff in this house tries to protect the streamer mm-hmm. mm-hmm. mm. We know that Chainsaw would have. You right. Know, like, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's about all I had for that.
1: All right. Well, over the last two years... <laughs> <laughs> Of the podcast, we have several times discussed what we wanted for the Dreamer trilogy. And so we've made predictions in the past. And what I would like to do now is similar to what we've done in previous episodes. I'm going to read out what our predictions are, and I would like you to rate them confirmed, denied, or unknown. <laughs> All right. So we will just put some tally marks here. <laughs> First, we had some feedback on Twitter. Perishable said on Twitter... I have read the Call Down the Hawk sample, and I just want to say, how the fuck were the Raven Girl's predictions hopes so accurate? (laughs) I was so shook, like, how? The others were based in some kind of evidence, but this, Adam ain't the only one psychic, that's all I'm saying. (laughs) And then, did y'all ghostwrite this book? Because I can't believe how spot on your predictions are. (laughs) Also, my most urgent concern right now is how Adam Parrish will get himself out of the hole. My boyfriend dreamed up a swarm of demon crabs that destroyed this dorm room. Please don't suspend me. Mess. (laughs) Okay. All right. So to go all the way back to episode zero, Shannon, these were your hopes or predictions for the Dreamer trilogy. To have it make you love Ronan. Confirmed? (laughs) Denied.
0: <laughs> Unknown. I am actually really happy about where Ronan is at the beginning of the series. Okay. Confirmed. <laughs> okay. Confirmed.
1: <laughs> not to say that he might not go in terrible places because right. we're all pretty sure he's going to go to some pretty terrible places. <laughs> okay. To see more of Pinch and their relationship. Confirmed. Confirmed. And to see more Opal. Unknown. Unknown. All right. My predictions or hopes to find out if someone killed Niall's father. Based on the quote from the Gray Man, he asked me the same thing. Uh Uh-huh. So that's unknown. Unknown. I would say that we have a very strong moderator-type scenario. Right. Mm-hmm. That if there are a bunch of people out there killing dreamers, then quite possibly his father was whacked. Correct. Unknown. Mm-hmm. That we'll get more Lynch family backstory. Unknown. Mm-hmm. That Ronan will go to Ireland. Unknown, Unknown. but
0: looking more...
1: Possibly. Mm-hmm. The gray man comes back.
0: Unknown. Unknown.
1: Ronan in black market stuff... Unknown, but looking very likely. <laughs> looking very likely. Adam working with the old world ley lines or priestesses and going to Ireland. That's another unknown. unknown. To tap into magic that is not caves water. Unknown. <laughs> to see if Caveswater is remanifested. Yes. Okay, so that's a confirmed. That's a confirmed. Yeah, okay. But connect it to old world magic or greater magic. Unknown. Mm-hmm. And... For Adam to have a motorcycle. Confirmed, confirmed, confirmed. We don't know if he'll actually ride it, but it's got his name on it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and then sexy girls, confirmed. <laughs> yep. Sexy cars, confirmed. confirmed. Sexy explosions, does Wait. the apocalypse yeah, count I think <laughs> sexy explosions? Okay. <laughs> All right. But then we also had some predictions in the Opal episode. Okay. So Shannon, your predictions were the black haired, blue eyed woman will be an antagonist. Unknown. Unknown. That we will have Adam and Ronan dealing with Adam being in school or away. That's confirmed. confirmed. <laughs> Seeing Ronan grow as a dreamer. I'd say that's confirmed. I'd say it's confirmed. It's a little, you know, on the fence, but...
0: I mean, it's like the first eight chapters, so... <laughs> yeah.
1: And character <laughs> development for Opal. Uh, unknown. Unknown. Okay, and then some of my predictions. Gansey, Henry, and Blue won't appear on page much, if at all. Maybe in phone calls. That's kind of confirmed? I I mean, it's kind of, but not. So, so I'm, far, yes. I'm going to call it confirmed. okay. And then the art forgery, that it will involve art forgery in Confirmed. some way. <laughs> All right. And then we had the question of the Barnes as the end game. And you had said that the Barnes was good for Ronan, that he needs the stability of the Barnes to be connected to his home, his family and abilities. The Barnes is a safe place to dream and that Adam wants to be away from Henrietta and the Barnes would be settling down.
0: And that is literally exactly what they talk about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> From myself, the Barnes' endgame, I said maybe at age 60, but the meta narrative and setting scope creep means that the books can't happen at the Barnes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ronan will have to leave because that's how novels work. And the setting will be bigger for the Dreamer trilogy. Neither Adam nor Ronan need to sacrifice their happiness to be together. Mm-hmm. And that they imply to Opal that they won't always be around. And I had the question of, will Opal even be a part of the Dreamer trilogy?
0: Mm-hmm. So I think we both get
1: confirmed on both of those. I think so.
0: <laughs> mm. All right. Mine are this top and yours are the bottom.
1: Okay. sweet. <laughs> We'll post that online.
0: (laughs) But I will say there are quite a few unknowns, but (laughs) we got a lot of confirms. But I think the
1: unknowns are actually ones that are likely to happen, but we haven't quite gotten there yet.
0: Yeah, because there were a few times you were like, yes, I see this coming. It's going to happen, but we can't say confirmed yet because. Right. (laughs) Okay. I I just want to say, like, about the ghostwriter thing. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was like, my response to that question was, oh, no, you know our secret. Just kidding. We totally did not ghostwrite this. At least I didn't. And I know damn well that if Navita had, she would not have been able to keep her mouth shut about it. (laughs) I'm really good about keeping secrets. Yes, but not
1: this. (laughs) Okay, fine. Uh,
0: (laughs) And, like, yeah, I think your predictions were a little more specific than mine in a lot of ways. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like, I would have never thought of the motorcycle, <laughs> and that was spot on. Uh-huh. So maybe at least one of us is a little bit psychic. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been more of, like, an empath, but not... Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I am also concerned about how they're going to deal with the trash room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she ended the sampler on a cliffhanger. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so what were your overall impressions of the excerpt?
1: So we talked about this a little bit, but it definitely moved faster than a lot of the Raven Cycle. Mm -hmm. And in fact, a lot of her books in general, this really had a pace that it swept you up. Like you had a lot of questions right off the bat. Mm -hmm. We were getting new characters thrown at us left and right, new factions, new world building, Uh very brief touches on old characters and backgrounds of people we already knew. So that was my overall
0: impression. Right. What about you? I really liked it. It was really exciting Mm -hmm. to see how much of what i wanted her to deal with and talk about Mm -hmm. that she's actually like dealing with even in these first eight chapters of what's going to be a three book series right it still has a very raven cycle feel like Mm -hmm. so you can still tell where its roots are Mm -hmm. but it's also very clearly its own thing which i think is cool right okay
1: did it meet expectations
0: yes 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 (laughs) (laughs) like i was so excited to read this and i cannot wait for the book this fall it's gonna be awesome good yeah and i'm sure that the fact that i'm so excited about this makes you happy because of how long how long it took me to warm up to ronin Uh (laughs) uh-huh
1: yeah and for me, yeah, I think it met my expectations as well. Mm. And I'm really intrigued to see how it goes forward and how it maintains this momentum. Mm. There was just so much right out of the gate. Right. And it's going to be interesting to see if that pace continues.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Things overall that we liked or what worked for us?
1: All of the scenes between Ronan and Adam, of course. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> We see them
1: being very physically affectionate with each other, mm-hmm. and we get things like page 39, the words were only an excuse to breathe in Ronan's ear. Mm-hmm. It made a marvel of his nerve endings, and I it's like, ah! it's wonderful to see they're attracted to each other, and they want to be together.
0: Uh-huh. It's really sweet.
1: Yeah. And it's not commented on. That's the other nice thing. Right. I was also super happy to see the Lynch brothers together. Uh huh. Declan is so older brother annoyed, and Matthew is so younger brother
0: adorable. Uh huh. I love Matthew. Yeah. I love Declan too, but I love Declan too. <laughs> I swear if I ever get a Golden Retriever puppy, his name is going to be Matthew. Aww. <laughs> I would say Jordan slash Hennessy Mm -hmm. (laughs) definitely
1: intrigued me more than Carmen, Mm -hmm. but I think think Carmen is going to be one of those characters, much like Gansey, Uh who she seems to share a lot of characteristics with, Yeah, will be revealed as being deeper and deeper as time goes on. Right. And like you mentioned, it feels like an extension of a TRC book. Like, the prologue language is very similar to the Dream Thieves with the repetitions of three and the fairy tale sort of story structure. Mm. And you get a lot of hints and phrases and, of course, you know, it's Maggie's language. It's Mm -hmm. sort of her palette that she's working with, so it's going to have some sort of feeling. It does feel like the magic is still there.
0: Right. And the fairy tale stuff has always been so centered around Ronan and the Lynches in general. right? So, like, it makes sense that that will be something that carries over. Right. And I feel like we see Ronan having matured so much, even since the end of The Raven King. Right. He seems so much more, like, adult and grown up now. Mm -hmm. And that is awesome. I think we saw that in Opal, too. Mm -hmm. Like, him having measured,
1: thoughtful responses to Adam... Right. ...was very clear to me in the Opal short mm-hmm. story as well. Absolutely,
0: But I'm just saying, like, it, mm. this is something that is continuing, which is really good. It's nice right. to see... Nice to see that character growth. hmm There's so much less lashing out, but while he's still being, like, his sour self. Like, he's still really... He's still (laughs) very much
1: Ronan. Still grumpy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And Adam has helped him so much. Mm -hmm. And I think Ronan has helped Adam too in a lot of ways. I think so too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love how it still feels very much like the same characters, Mm -hmm. just a little older and more mature. And it's still clearly a new story. Right. Mm -hmm. So
1: things overall that we disliked or didn't work for us.
0: (laughs) Is it bad that the first and pretty much only thing that I thought of was, like, the mental trash-talking of cats in the beginning. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) The
1: Venn diagram of people who would throw cats had cats.
0: (laughs) Of course a cat would throw itself. It's a cat! (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of that isn't in the final version. Uh And it was mainly talking about dream cats. Mm -hmm. And... Another thing was, like, the moderators are very clear that, oh, these aren't real things. And they're almost, like, they're afraid of them. Mm. And that whole, like, not realness kind of extends to Zed's as well. Right hmm and yeah. like i know that the the moderators are being set up to be the bad guys right and that whole concept is going to be a major plot point in the book mm-hmm. it's yeah i was like waiting to see how that plays out but it did a good job of being like uh i don't really like right. where their thoughts are on this not so much like you know oh, oh it's nothing that like doesn't work for me in the book it's something of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah kind of like mm-hmm. this, is, this is gonna be this is uncomfortable and uh-huh. yeah
1: the line about or their victim depending on how human one found him
0: uh-huh. yeah exactly and also i you know, the whole dream things aren't really a live thing is canon, but I'm going to die on that hill. <laughs> All righty.
1: <laughs> okay, for me, the things that I didn't like, didn't work for me, that it was only eight damn chapters.
0: <laughs> the entire book is coming out in a few months. Four months, 125 days, apparently. <laughs>
1: until we get the book. I don't like that. That did not work for me. (laughs) Okay. I love you. (laughs) Okay. I love you too. (laughs) And I don't know if this is something I disliked or just something that was more challenging than I was expecting, but all of the new factions and the new vocabulary dropped into a world that we were already familiar with. Right. Kind of, it felt like a game of juggling Mm -hmm. to me, which is great. It's just, I wasn't expecting it.
0: Right. And I think it was kind of the point because like, I think part of the point is busting up what you already know and. Right. It's a different book. Mm -hmm. And just even characters, like, they're moving on, they're trying something new, they're Mm. like, yeah, that kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Were there any moments or details that surprised or shocked you? Matthew not having fingerprints.
1: (sighs) That was really interesting. (laughs) Not so much that it's a fact, because we could have guessed that, but that she outright states it with no obfuscation. (laughs) (laughs) like it's the Mm -hmm. one of the first things we learn about matthew and you can be born
0: without fingerprints
1: he wasn't it's very very rare (laughs) but he wasn't yeah (laughs) forged birth certificate and no fingerprints Uh uh-huh the fact that ronan saw adam pushing his bike on the side of the road and closed his eyes and sent up a simple inexplicable desperate prayer to god Please. Aww, that's so sweet. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, it's not shocking, but surprising. Just so much growth in Adam Mm -hmm. to be shown so quickly. Yeah. Even though there are things that are worrisome there, right? But Adam asking for things that he wants, Mm -hmm. asking for Ronan to come to Cambridge asking for help from Fletcher at yeah. the end making his own bundle of friends to support him this is a different adam yeah and i think the adam we know we see underneath there but
0: oh yeah it's definitely still adam mm-hmm. but it's it's a more grown up more mature adam mhm which is really good to see
1: yeah all right how about
0: i was honestly surprised the motorcycle thing happened so soon <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and like you, I was happy to see how much Ronan and Adam had grown. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that Adam loses his accent completely in his first semester of college. Mm-hmm. Like, I can attest it. This is a thing that happens. That's what happened to my accent. Basically, like, everyone's accents meld. Mm. You get people from all over, and your accents all meld. Because, like, yeah, I lost my accent, and the school I went to was in Appalachia. Uh
1: huh.
0: <laughs> So yeah, most satisfying moment. I think I don't even have to ask this one to you. I am not even going to
1: try to lie. I I straight up gasped out loud and then had to stop reading. <laughs> I think you texted me just as soon as you read it. <laughs> I Oh my god. And then like I had to pace for a bit. <laughs> And it was just the, like, it was just the line when Ronan thought about how Adam was always talking about how he would trade his car for a motorcycle if he could.
0: <laughs> she, honest to God, texted me and was like, oh, my God, there's this line that I just was like, oh, my God. And like, I was like, I was reading through it and I saw it. I was like, there it is. That's what it is. <laughs> Pretty much. She got her motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. But we had an anonymous message on Tumblr say, spoilers, don't read this if you don't want any spoilers. This was like the day that it came out. I'm making this long so that I'm not mean and potentially ruin something for you. Seriously, don't read this. It's not a major spoiler or anything, but it still counts. Okay, now that that's out of the way, motorcycles are present in Call Down the Hawk. You may get your wish. <laughs> So I'm pretty happy that Adam Parrish needs an MFing motorcycle in the Dreamer trilogy is my legacy.
0: All right. That is awesome. <laughs> what okay. was yours? Satisfying moment. Probably a tie between seeing Ronan's point of view, both then and now, of the fight with Adam's dad. Yeah. That was pretty, like, yeah. And finding out that Adam is paying it forward so hard by finding people who need friends the most mm-hmm. and being their friend. And it's like those. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: We had a message from Memento Mori Mai on Instagram. That said, firstly, Adam Motorcycle, which we just addressed. Uh-huh. <laughs> Secondly, Adam Harvard. Thirdly, the fire the visionaries mention. Is it somehow related to the fire Opal found?
0: Hmm. So I know you are thrilled about firstly. We talked about that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I am excited about secondly, because Mm -hmm. even though I'm not a huge fan of Ivy League schools in general, it's nice to see Adam getting what he wants. Yes. And it's interesting that Harvard
1: was not his first choice.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's like, what? What about his first... Yale? I I don't know. MIT? Maybe. Yeah. And as for thirdly, maybe I'm having trouble remembering the details of the fire. I
1: did look it up. Okay. The passage is... Opal is poking around in the barns. She occasionally comes across some dream things, and this was the passage. It was not that these things were dangerous, although sometimes they were. She had found a small, ever-smoldering fire underneath an old tractor in one of the barns, and had discovered the hard way that it was hot enough to burn if you squeezed it very tight. Hmm. But that compared to each of the visionaries spoke of an apocalypse brought up about in the same way with starving, unquenchable fire. Right.
0: I don't think it's
1: the I don't, same level. I don't think they're related, not to say that Ronan couldn't dream a starving, mm-hmm. and unquenchable fire. I'm not sure that that particular fire is the one that's mm-hmm. related. Certainly there is a ton of fire imagery already in Call Down the Hawk. Right. The end line of the prologue is something was going to To burn. burn. Mm -hmm. And that's in reference to Declan. Yeah. And then Nathan, who is the Zed that is Carmen's brother. Mm -hmm. Nathan had been their best lead so far. They already knew he wanted to see the world burn, but his death hadn't stopped the visionary's fiery prophecy right. This is a, an aside. We didn't really put down most heartbreaking moments. Oh, okay. Is there anything off the top of your head? Off the
0: top of my head, I can't think
1: of anything that just broke my heart. Okay. I think so much of what Adam has done and become is a very heartbreaking in a way. And I wonder if he uses his psychic ability to sense or find people who are crying and sad. If he's actually using some sort of psychic sense. Maybe. And so that's the collection of the crying club.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, like you said, finally, to see that night of the fight between Ronan and Robert Parrish from Ronan's perspective right. was really heartbreaking as well for me. Mm-hmm. And Adam lying about his father.
0: Yeah.
1: And then almost breaking down about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> almost crying like Adam Parrish. <laughs> And Adam saying, I want it too much, when all through the Raven Cycle, it was like, what do you want, Adam? Mm -hmm. What do you need, Adam? Like, this is something he's decided he wants. And that something is for Ronan to be with
0: him. It's so sweet. Yeah. And like, I totally get why he would want to just like, totally divorce himself from his parents and like, the thoughts of what had happened and... yeah. I thought it was very telling. The
1: I didn't write down the actual wording, but how Ronan said it wasn't a fight between them; it was a fight with Adam and himself, uh-huh. and a fight with Ronan between the black and white way he saw the world and the way everyone else saw it. Right? He's recognizing that, and that mm-hmm. is amazing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they've both come so far. I agree. Yeah. All right. Biggest questions or mysteries raised by the sampler? One of my biggest mysteries was
1: on page six. Please don't kill the trees, he said. Is it like his version of Caveswater? Yeah. Does that imply that dreamers and like Tyriolentes mm-hmm. or entities like Caveswater
0: yeah, work I, together? I think i talk about this in a few minutes wondering okay. like if that's...
1: I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Please don't kill the trees? Mm-hmm. Also, why did the Dreamers, the Zeds, have to be killed? Mm-hmm. Has anyone tried rehabilitation or controlled Dreaming? Has there been any society, agencies set up to train the Dreamers so they're not dangerous? Ah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Is there? Was there? Did anyone try? And then, of course, yeah. I think the other is who is
0: bride? Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> There's so many questions. Yeah. How about I, you? I want to know what Chainsaw and Opal are up to. Oh, yeah. I like, think we talk about that a little bit later. Uh-huh. And like where they're going to go if Vernon moves to Cambridge. Uh huh. I want to know what the key Declan was talking about is. Mm. I want to know what that is. I have a theory on mm-hmm. that. And I want to know why Matthew walks in a straight line if he isn't paying attention yeah i thought that was really interesting is he following the ley line i thought about that yeah Mm -hmm. it's like why would he do that and because he's a dream thing and like Mm -hmm. he's following the dream energy yeah like is there something else going on there like is he just walking the ley line or is it trying to draw him somewhere
1: oh he doesn't know yeah like i said like these are Mm -hmm. these are all mysteries All right. Do you think someone would be able to pick this up as a standalone without reading The Raven Cycle?
0: Having been so in-depth into The Raven Cycle, this Mm -hmm. is kind of hard to answer. Right. I would say so. I feel like we get just enough backstory to make things make sense. Okay. I think this story has a different enough focus that it would be fine to pick it up and... Mm-hmm. yeah. But then again, I'm half of a podcast doing a beat-by-beat analysis of the Raven Cycle, right. so all this backstory is already in my head. Right. So, like, it's kind of hard to imagine reading it without that knowledge. Right. And
1: I said, I can't even imagine how someone would be able to come into this without having read the Raven Cycle. Mm-hmm. Probably for the same reasons. And I'm definitely someone who likes just being thrown into the deep end without a ton of exposition at the beginning of a book. Mm -hmm. But even I would have found this really hard to get up to speed. I think I would have had to just take a lot of stuff on faith.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would be like interesting to hand this to somebody who's never read The Raven Cycle and see what they make of it.
1: Or listen to our podcast. (laughs) So can't be your partner.
0: (laughs) 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 They're the the only uh, guinea pig we have, but... (laughs) All right. Three lines and themes.
1: Identity. Mm -hmm. Everyone is seeking theirs. Adam with a new life. Ronan walking away from the barns. Mm -hmm. Declan twisting his way through his boredom. Jordan pretending to be another person, Carmen with a smaller version of herself screaming inside of her. Uh-huh. And then also tied to identity, I'm really thrilled about the diversity so far. Yeah. With Jordan being a dark-skinned, kinky haired woman, mm-hmm. and the gender presentation of Elliot using they-them pronouns. Right. I would also say that people were up in arms about Ronan not using the word gay in the Raven Cycle. He Definitely admits it here. And he uses the term queer Mm -hmm. to to describe the crying club. There's no mincing around the sexuality at all. We'll see if Adam says bye later. But
0: But yeah, like throughout the Raven Cycle, Ronan was trying to accept that in himself. And so like, I am okay with him not saying it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good that he says it now. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about you? Some things that I saw were uh, some themes were dreaming and magic and humanity at war. Mm,
1: Yeah, brightness has a big piece of mm-hmm. a quote about that. Yeah, yeah,
0: and it's like, you know, we see it's there with the moderators. It's almost, in a way, there with the attempt to go to Cambridge and just, mm-hmm. you know, Ronan wanting to be a part of society and being normal and being... Uh, being a real like, boy. Ha- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, having to deal with his dreaming. Mm-hmm. Trying to find yourself, like you said, like identity and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Everybody's trying new things and... Mm-hmm. The ability to change. Mm, yeah. Ronan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ronan, and like, even when they're talking about the Zeds, can they change? Can they stop dreaming? Right. It's more of can they be what we want them to be rather than can they be? <laughs> right. Yeah dealing with trauma. Yeah. Again, we have mm. a whole lot of traumatized people. Right, right, And Adam and Ronan have had the Raven Cycle to deal with their stuff, but we can still see that they're still working through it in a lot of ways. Yeah, and the very beginning with the Lynch brothers.
1: <laughs> the what Orphan's a... Lynch. <laughs> the Orphan's Lynch, but I don't even think I put it in my notes anywhere, but the part about Declan. Declan was a collector of beautiful, specific phrases that he would not let himself use. Use in public and the possessor of an illuminated, specific smile no one would ever see. Which is sad. Which is very sad. Yeah. In fact, my note
0: is <laughs> so sad, <laughs> she wrote. <sighs> Yeah, and the last thing I have is like finding or defining or wanting not wanting home. Mhm. Cuz like even there's Renan and Adam, but there's also Carmen. Mhm. Whether or not she can go back to the way things before right. she started
1: with the moderators. Yeah. The line about the smaller version of her inside kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. obviously trauma possibly there right. too. Okay. A favorite scene detail or quote.
0: I love the detail of Adam losing his accent, and I talked about that a minute ago. Mm-hmm. I love that he says Ronan smells like home, mm-hmm. and that reminds me of Gansey saying he remembered when Ronan used to smell like the barns when mm-hmm. they go when they go there. I also really liked the DC black market is called the fairy market,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah, and my favorite quote is probably the dreams are not the safest thing to build a life on. Yeah, I thought that was a really good quote. One of
1: the things that I noted with classic fucking Maggie. (laughs) was the end of chapter one says, have we saved the world too soon to say? Turn the page to the beginning of chapter two and Ronan Lynch was about to end the world. Uh (laughs) It's like... (laughs) Oh, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the hat tip to the Raven King on page 18. The last line of chapter two is, he began to dream. Oh, yeah. So that's the last line of the Raven King. Yeah, And then my favorite straight up quote is probably the passage from Bride on page 20. If you've ever looked into a fire and been unable to look away, it's that. If you've ever looked at the mountains and found you're not breathing... It's that. If you've ever looked at the moon and felt tears in your eyes, it's that.
0: That's a really beautiful passage. <laughs> it is. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, discuss differences between the ARC and the final version?
1: The biggest one for me was that I feel like the separation between Jordan and Hennessy was much more vague in the arc. Like, the whole chapter with Jordan seemed to be changed the most, as far as I could tell. Mm -hmm. It was way more delineated between the two of them. Okay. Yeah. Painted Polar Bear on Tumblr said, After reading the excerpt, what are you most excited for Maggie to tackle in the Dreamer trilogy? What new themes, arcs, or story elements are you most looking forward to being introduced? and I kind of had already put down what are new wants or predictions for the series.
0: Mm -hmm. It's actually really heading right where I wanted it to um, Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. It looks like we're going to learn more about dreaming and how it works, which Mm -hmm. is super exciting. We might get a little more explanation of the differences between a Zed and a Grey Warren, if there Mm -hmm. is one. Mm -hmm. I want to know if there are different types of dreamers and the moderators just don't understand and just lump them all together. Mm -hmm. Because we saw that at least some Zeds have the same, like, you know, I have to dream or I die thing that Ronan does. Right. We don't know that Kavinsky had that, but oh. an explanation for that could be that Dreamers draw from different places. It's like they can't all draw from Caveswater. Right. And maybe each of the places has a Grey Warren who hmm. can't leave the area where they're drawing from. Maybe they're there to protect the area, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And we mentioned this before, are they all tyri related or on a ley line? Right. Like, like we were talking like the don't kill the trees. Right. I'm also looking looking... looking forward to learning more about visionaries. It crossed my mind as I was writing this that if each Caveswater has a Grey Worn, maybe they each have a magician as well. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, but then again, it seems like there's only one visionary at a time. So, you know, maybe that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I don't know
1: that the magician for Caveswater, because Caveswater or Lindenmere He says it is a thing that has been manifested as a forest. Right. So this is a thing that is singular. I would think that the don't kill the trees is different. Yeah, okay. To yeah. me. Because okay. the fact that this is a thing that has been manifested as a forest does not mean that there are a ton of manifested forests out right. there. Okay. But that's how I interpreted it, I'm not sure. Okay. I mean, we know that the Lentes that they lived on the corpse roads. That is something that Artemis says. Right. I do believe that the ley lines are going to be a big part of it. I do believe Mm -hmm. that there will be some of that old magic as part of all of this, but we'll see. We'll find out, hopefully. (laughs) Okay. Mine on this, Mm -hmm. in the Opal special episode, I talked about the scope creep and I mentioned it a little bit before Uh and how the Dreamer trilogy would have to grow outside of the barns and outside of Henrietta. Mm -hmm. And so Maggie has already done that. She's taking us to other countries right off the bat. Right. So I'm really excited to see how she turns this into a global very high stakes environment and the hint with the watch that shows Adam the time zone that Ronan is in right it's very telling like why would he need that if right, Ronan, lives Ronan lives in the doesn't
0: go anywhere <laughs> right
1: <laughs> I'm also really interested in seeing magic as a global phenomenon, like we're talking about. We know that dreaming and possibly the magical force are not just limited to Virginia and the Lynch family. Mm -hmm. I'm also really looking forward to the tug between the black market or the clandestine activities versus the making of an upstanding sort of straightforward
0: path. Right. Lots of stuff to look for. Yeah. Anything that scares you. That Declan will be the antagonist or villain oh, mm-hmm. and
1: or that he will die. Yeah, that would be bad. As others have pointed out, Ronan says we'll be driving to your funeral by the end. Uh-huh. You had better not, Maggie. <laughs> I am serious.
0: No dying Declan.
1: She made a tweet quite a while ago about finally finding the thing that will break an unbreakable character. And we had here on page four, Declan broke Broke first. first. I'm pretty convinced that the key that Declan asked for would be some sort of passcode to get him into the fairy market. Huh. And maybe he's had those connections from Niall's business, or maybe he made those connections for himself living in D.C. Right. I also really don't like the line from page 51. Carmen is told to find the Zed he's seeing, he being Parsifal, be on the lookout for another visionary to replace him. Yeah. That deeply implies one of our other characters and who's the psychic one? Uh Uh-huh and i am also just scared tense about the fact that declan jordan and carmen are all converging On in dc, DC. Mm-hmm.
0: So, my thoughts were, I do not want Adam to become a visionary. Mm. (laughs) I don't want him to have that stress on him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want him to have to drop out of, or get kicked out of Harvard. Yeah. Uh No, we can't have that happen. No. But him becoming the visionary is totally the kind of thing where this, (laughs) like, I can totally see that happening. It's fiction, guys. There's got to be some sort of conflict. Uh Uh-huh. And like you said, it's almost guaranteed to be a character we've seen before. I think so, yeah. And my thought was, what if it's Declan? Like, what if it's the one who's been the outsider regarding all the magical stuff all along? In the first chapter, we see, the first or second chapter, I forget which, we see someone kill their dreamer brother.
1: Yeah. I... No!
0: <laughs> no. I mean, I don't want
1: that either, yeah. but I'm like... That Declan would be the visionary. That would be the one that's having psychic visions right. of dreamers. Yeah. Well, we do know that he takes sleeping pills. That's pretty frightening. Mm.
0: We have another character who has a dreamer brother. <laughs> yeah, but
1: Carmen's not the visionary, so... Well, that's true. Yeah. <sighs> it's more like Declan might become a moderator. <laughs> And yeah. that's true too. Yeah. Okay, another question from Two of Swords 621 said to Raven Girls For your special Call Down the Hawk episode, do you think there is still a distinction between a Zed and a Greyborn? Is Ronan a different kind of dreamer than the other Zeds?
0: I'm really unsure at this point. Mm-hmm. I was pretty sure Ronan is distinct from the other dreamers, like by the end in the Raven cycle. Uh huh. But like I mentioned earlier, there's some indication that at least some of the other dreamers have similar things going on as Ronan does. Uh I still say yeah he's different but I'm excited to see how this plays out and whether we get an answer. Yeah mine was like
1: it's such a good question because I personally do think that there is something significant and different about Ronan if only simply because fiction tends to follow the extraordinary versus the ordinary. Right exactly. (laughs) I'm very curious about Bride. And how they fit into this. Yeah. Mentor, Grey Warren, some ancient power. So. Who knows? Bride's the one that I'm more like, where does that person mm-hmm. entity fall? Is on it the even scale? a person?
0: Yeah. Because
1: like... Ronan gets from the forest that Bride's a dreamer,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but dreamer seems to be like in the Venn diagram of things, the larger.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is that you have subsets of dreamer being this big nebulous group, and then possibly Zeds being a part or just a different name. For Dreamer. Mm-hmm. And then you have the possibility of Grey Warren being a subsection of Dreamer slash Zed.
0: Right. All right.
1: How do you feel about the renaming of Caveswater?
0: I understand why Ronan would want to change the name because it is technically a new thing. It's not really Caveswater anymore. Okay. In some ways. Mm-hmm. And Lindenmere is a pretty word. Mm hmm. But I will miss calling it water
1: I, that's the problem is I think I'll get mixed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm honestly having a hard time with it, which is why I asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> but I did find some items of interest related to the name. Okay. So I wanted to go through those. Number one, there is a Camp Lindenmere. It's a Pennsylvania summer camp for kids and teens. I saw that when I looked it up. <laughs> okay, located in the Poconos. Number two, the Lindenmere is a 8.2 acre Long Island estate once owned by Filipino President Ferdinand Marcos and his First Lady Imelda. The Lindenmere dates back to the early 1900s. It was the Roaring Twenties, speakeasy sailing parties, and there was an influential people of the same social circle as longtime owners. The New York City mayor, Jimmy Walker, was one such friend who gifted the family a number of linden trees, which I will get into, which is how the estate was named. Now, the linden tree, it's a highly symbolic tree. It's actually okay. got a lot of mythology around it. It's used often in myths and poetry, including like Tolkien had it in a lot of his poems. Interesting. From the website Our Woodland Ways, the article Mythology of Trees, The Linden Tree... In Slavic mythology, the belief is held that the linden tree is sacred, and in many Eastern European countries, it is upheld as holy. As a result, many villages and towns are named after the linden. So the linden is a type of lime tree. Ah, interesting. Yeah. In Slovenia, the tradition of lime trees representing places where common decision making or matters of importance are discussed holds with many towns and villages having a lime tree growing in its center. Equally, in Germany, where the tradition of planting limes in towns and villages existed, we can also see in Berlin with the Unter der Linden has had an avenue of limes growing down it since the 16th century, representing the cultural heart of the city prior to the Second World War. Throughout the Baltic, the tree is also associated with the goddess Lamia, who is responsible for the fate of childbirth, marriage, and patron state of pregnant women. Hmm. I'll skip the part about good luck and fertility. (laughs) In Celtic and Germanic tradition, the lime is seen to inspire fairness and justice, and as a result, evidence was heard beneath a lime. Those traditions have much in common with the Baltic traditions of limes representing meeting places and cultural centers, along with the more gruesome tradition of administering justice or sacrifice beneath the line. And then mare M-E-R-E. M-E-R-E. Mm-hmm. The word mare is recorded in Old English as sea or lake. The Indo-European root mori gave also birth to similar words in other European languages. Latin mare, sea, which we've talked mm-hmm. about before. Italian mare, Spanish mar, French mare. Old Celtic mori, sea. And Old Slavic, Morhe. Basically, it's this sacred tree lake. Mm -hmm. And then on page 53, it was a name out of a poem that had never existed. It didn't sound dangerous. I like that it's couched in that phrase. Right. Because it's not that it isn't dangerous. It doesn't sound dangerous. It doesn't sound dangerous. (laughs) I did find a poem, Ancient Poetry Corner. Of course. From The Vigil of Faith, The Legend of the Sources of the Hudson by Charles Fenno Hoffman, published in 1845, where... The scene of Kacheko is laid among the Adirondack Mountains on the shore of a lake called Incapaco, which the notes say may be Englishized as Lindenmere, one of a long chain of lakes which discharge themselves into the St. Lawrence, but which are closely interlaced with the head lakes of the Hudson. The poem when issuing first from forest shade a day of storms had darker made thy floating isles and mountains blue thy waters sparkling far away round craggy point and verdant bay the point with dusky cedars crowned the bay with beach of silver bound upon my raptured vision grew Grew every moment brighter, fairer, as I, at close of that wild day, emerging from the green wood nearer, saw the red sun his glorious path, cleave through the storm clouds dying wrath, and with one broad, triumphant ray, upon thy crimsoned waters cast, sink, warrior-like, to rest at last.
0: Interesting. That's
1: Is it. it. That's Is that all? that's okay. all for the Lindenmere.
0: So where do you think Opal and Chainsaw are during the road trip? I'm pretty sure they're hanging out in Lindenmere,
1: but mm. I'm getting a shit ton of joy thinking about Kala having to babysit Opal and Chainsaw. <laughs> it brings me be So much
0: joy. <laughs> Yeah, I really don't know where they are. I mean, in the Opal short story, at the end, Opal seemed okay with going into the Dream Forest again, mm-hmm. like, at a later point. Mm-hmm. So maybe once London Mirror is there, you know, right. she'll be okay going into it. So maybe they're both there? That's, yeah. Uh, I was like, I know he can't take Opal with him to Cambridge if he goes, but Renan better take Chainsaw because he can't leave both his girls. Yeah, he <laughs> would have to
1: take Chainsaw. <laughs> Okay, discrepancies between the Raven Cycle and Call Down the Hawk.
0: I thought about it, and I was trying to think of any. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really had trouble finding any that came to mind. I know that you probably found some, <laughs> as good as you are at digging up details. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see any that jumped to mind as I was going through. Okay, okay. you are correct.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ronan's birthday, WTF?
0: Ah. Oh, right. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: So the Corvid rotation on Tumblr posted, they had gotten the sampler before a lot of other people. I'm staying firm on my no leaking actual content rule, but I will tell you that Ronan's birthday is officially November 14th, and we might see his birthday again during this book. Hmm. No, (laughs) because November 14th is after election day in America. Which means Mrs. Gansy would not be holding a last minute fundraiser. <laughs> <That's> no. Yeah. <laughs> and Gansy, the day after Ronan's birthday, mentions October green grass, not November 14th.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Odd point. November 14th is one of my good friends from back home's birthday. Aw well i mean it's much much
1: closer to maggie's birthday my mom's birthday one of my Mm. other good friends birthday i mean it's a great day if you have to pick one but come on (laughs) it's not the right one no you did too much research for this to be like it's just it literally is not possible
0: (laughs) (sighs) okay so Miss Kalora on Instagram says, my thought is that Adam didn't intend to lie about his father, but he was on the phone with Gansey and the crying club heard and inferred that this was not, in fact, an 18 year old dad friend, but a 45 year old real life dad. And Adam just rolled with it. And I'm like, yes, cannon, that works. <laughs> That's great. <laughs>
1: yes. Okay, Shannon, you knew it was coming. Bonus question
0: <laughs> Okay what's the bonus question?
1: What are your theories about Jordan and Hennessy? My theories about Jordan and Hennessy mm-hmm because it says on the back of the book blurb mm-hmm. Jordan Hennessy is a thief huh One name one person
0: Well she's going by Hennessy uh-huh so huh. Yeah, it's really interesting because like we don't know anything about them yet really. Right. And it is really interesting. I hadn't thought about that like, you know, it, it just goes with that name she first gives, mm-hmm. which we know is not her real name. Correct. Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, because I came into it thinking that it was one person, oh, Jordan Hennessy. Uh, right. Jordan Hennessy is mm-hmm. one person. And then she walks up and she's like, I'm using the name Hennessy. My name is Jordan. Like, that's kind of her internal right. monologue. You don't
0: get a last name or where she's from or anything about her. Right. But all the pre of the book was
1: it's one Jordan person mm-hmm. obviously that was kind of a surprise question so it, yeah. it hadn't really struck you then that, no, that there was I, like, anything I, weird
0: there mm-mm. it had been a while since i read the back so it wasn't something that stuck with me to be like oh you know that's like, odd or anything yeah. so what did you think what are your thoughts
1: well i mean it's question marks right because mm-hmm. it's like are they two different people is it an alter ego are they lovers? Are they twins? And then my favorite theory is are they a dreamer and a psychopomp? Huh. Because the way Jordan reacts is very kind of interestingly like the way Opal reacts. Yeah. Like with the copying of people and being able to pick things up from people very, very quickly and the observations and Mm -hmm. kind of that learned behavior. That's the theory I'm going with right now or that it is or that Jordan is some sort of a dreamed construct of Hennessy. Don't know that that's
0: correct. Interesting. that's the theory that I'm going with right now. Interesting. All right. All right. So my question for you is, uh-huh. how are you going to survive until November? <laughs> you're so mean. <laughs> I'm not mean. <laughs> I don't know. You, little... I think you're going to explode from excitement. And, I,
1: and... I'm i already planning on taking the week off.
0: <laughs> are you really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> uh, the entire week
1: <laughs> i mean because maybe like barnes and nobles released some of the other books earlier than other places but i might be camping out at a barnes and noble um <laughs> if i can get it ahead of time i've already pre-ordered five copies five copies
0: It's got have a copy
1: from the last time you told me well, yes, because I ordered the digital. Uh-huh. I pre ordered the audiobook. Okay. I ordered signed and doodled copies for you,
0: Aww. for me,
1: <laughs> and as a giveaway.
0: Ah, oh, okay.
1: So I've already bought five copies, but if I can get my hands on another copy before the book actually hits <laughs> release, I will. I don't know how I'm going to survive. <sighs> All right. right. Do you have an MVC? It's really hard to pick an MVC. Yeah, because we don't really know much about the characters. Yeah.
0: I mean, I would have to say like Adam or Ronan, but that's just because they're the characters that I know.
1: Right. My MVC is Declan.
0: (laughs) Your MVC is always Declan. (laughs)
1: i know but like he snaps and he's doing something <laughs> awful and he won't tell anyone about it and it's gonna be awesome whenever we find out what that <laughs> thing is it's gonna be so cool <laughs> oh. <sighs> all right <clears throat> now you watch <laughs> All right, where's the Maggie watch? Maggie retweeted this from Morgan Beam, June 22nd. They said, really excited to finally be able to talk about my secret project. M. Steve Otter and I are working on a brand new Swamp Thing YA graphic novel. Awesome. With DC Comics. Maggie is absolutely killing it with the script, and I can't wait to show you guys more down the line. Nice. So Maggie has finally announced the comic book that she's been working on and that we've been talking about is happening <laughs> and it is something completely out of left field like the story of a YA adaption of Swamp Thing. <laughs> like, Swamp Thing can be really good and I could see her no, actually no. doing like...
0: A good job with this.
1: It's good. And I want to say that the only real exposure that I have with Swamp Thing is through Hellblazer. So it's from Constantine because Constantine was originally a character in Swamp Thing. So that's Mm -hmm. like the way I'm coming from it. That is not a YA story. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't have any other exposure to Swamp Thing. But it kind of just blows my mind anyway. But it does explain the fact that she's had some cheeky conversations with some comics pros on her Uh Twitter. right (laughs) all right and then a supporter shout out or multiple supporter shout outs it's basically a thank you to everyone who sent us questions comments or passed on our posts so that other people might see it so they could send us questions and comments so thank you guys absolutely we love our listeners we do we really 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 do and then just a last wrap-up, please continue being patient with us and our posting schedule, as we said at the beginning. I think it's probably too late to be able to build a buffer for the last few episodes of Season 2. So I
0: think there's only, what, like two, three left?
1: Yeah. But we want to charge into Season 3 of Blue Lily, Lily Blue with Yay! Renewed Vigor. I know Shannon's really looking forward to it. <laughs> so we might be a little erratic until the end, but thank you for sticking with us. Right. We do love it. Thank yep. you so and much. And
0: then once we get things ready that and season break, for,
1: yeah, will will a lot. Hopefully yeah.
0: it won't be a long season break. but
1: yeah, not like the last one. I mean, that 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 of the of the problem was that yeah, we, we had so much happened we weren't able to pre-game the season like we would have normally mm. so we weren't able to maintain a buffer because we had the laptop go down we weren't able to record right we had that very long season break we don't want that to happen again so it's just kind of been a game of catch-up this whole time and you know thank you for just sticking with us because we're doing this for you and thank you so much
0: yeah thanks guys all right so with that let's wrap up Woohoo! Woohoo! thank you for being here yes thanks for joining us today Because this was a surprise and unannounced episode, our next episode is still going to be episode 27, which will cover chapters 44 through 49 of The Dream Thieves, with a discussion on some stereotypes and tropes and characterization represented by Kavinsky. Mm -hmm.
1: Please follow us online for announcements of what chapters we will be covering next, and please send us your thoughts, because we couldn't have done this particular episode without you guys. Exactly. We love having your content. Contributions to the conversation. We love questions, theories, fan casts, whatever you want to send our way.
0: And you can find us practically everywhere on social media at Raven Girls, R-A-V-I-N-G-I-R-L-S, on Twitter at Raven Girls, on Tumblr at ravengirls.tumblr.com Facebook at Facebook.com slash and you can reach us directly at Ravengirls at gmail.com. And now, brand new, you can find us on Patreon or coffee at Raven Girls. Yes.
1: Yeah. And you can reach me at Substance Party dot tumblr com or at gmail at substance party with all of the a's taken out s-u-b-s-t-n-c-e-p-r-t-y at gmail.com if we have referenced a post or an article in the podcast we will do our best to include source links to those in the show notes the raven cycle call down the hawk the dreamer trilogy and all affiliated properties are copyright maggie steve otter and scholastic incorporated
0: we hope you've enjoyed today's special episode so until next time Whoop, whoop, Raven, Raven Girls! <laughs> <laughs> oh, your silly face. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, you cannot. Just like getting through the Dream Thieves, <laughs> you're gonna be like, you cannot flake on me when we're <laughs> done with the Dream Thieves. <laughs> you owe me, Blue Lily, Lily Blue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then like, you know, what's the point like why would you do three out of four books? I think we should. No just stop. No
1: <laughs> <laughs> Your face Your Face <laughs> was so good. <laughs> Thank you. <sighs> Holy shit, lady. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. It's like, no.
0: No, I'm like three quarters done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, but we're going to be doing this in 2022.
0: <laughs> so? Okay. <laughs> it's like, I'm having fun. <laughs> okay, good. <sighs> I hope you are. I do. I do. Are we ready? hmm
1: Captain Zed, Dream Patrol. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> Have a nice dream.